Live from the hallowed hallways of Shedd High School from WSHD LP 93.3 FM, this is Round the World with your host, Cracklin' Jane from Eastport, Maine. Stay tuned for historical 78 RPM recordings from around the world. Hey, who wants to go shopping today? We have a huge shopping list, so let's hitch the horses to the wagon and head into town. We have two groups who will be riding with us on the way. The Little Jack Little Orchestra and the Dorsey Brothers Orchestra. So let's have one song two ways. I'm going shopping with you from 1935. Here's Little Jack Little. Whenever you go shopping to buy a dress that's new, honey, I'll keep my eye on the dress as you try on, cause I'm going shopping with you. When you go to the jeweler to buy a gem or two, on your fourth little finger, a ring's gonna linger, cause I'm going shopping with you. Lots of shoes and stockings and plenty of new chapeaus. That's what I would go for, for the cute little baby inside those clothes. You go and pick the cottage, I'll put the mortgage through. Honey, I don't know whether we'll move in together, but I'm going shopping with you.
whenever you go shopping to buy a dress that's new. Honey, I keep my eye on the dresses you try on, cause I'm going shopping with you. When you go to the jeweler to buy a gem or two, on your fourth little finger a ring's gonna linger, cause I'm going shopping with you. Lots of shoes and stockings and plenty of new chapeau. That's what I would go for, for that cute little baby inside those clothes. You go and pick the cottage, I'll put the mortgage through. Honey, I don't know whether we'll move in together, but I'm going shopping with you. into town today to do some important shopping. Our hitchhikers, the Little Jack Little Orchestra, just gave us a song. And not to be outdone, the Dorsey Brothers gave us their version of the same song, I'm Going Shopping With You. We plan to stop at the 5 at 10, the bank, the florist, the toy store, the second-hand store, the pawn shop, and get Dad's trusty railroad watch fixed at the clock shop. All the stores we need to go to are right here on Mercantile Avenue. So let's just tie up the horses and go from shop to shop. Here's Von Monroe's bookstore, run by Von Monroe and his orchestra, located at 1947 Mercantile. I know, we already have some books at home. But maybe they have some magazines or comic books. I came there to look for romance in a book that day. Romance in a book, you say. I searched through the store, but when I saw you open the door, my heart skipped a beat, baby. Was then that I knew, just by looking at you, that I'd be searching no more. My cares are over, for my heart seemed to stop. In that little bookshop one day Stop, look, and listen to love Was love at first sight And we both knew it right away I knew it, you knew it, we all knew it If I hadn't found you, I guess I'd never have known happiness But I happened to stop In a little bookshop one day Thank you. 
in that little bookshop that day. Was love at first sight, and we both knew it right away. Now, dear, if I hadn't found you, I guess I'd never have found happiness. But I happened to stop in a little bookshop one day. We were in the bookshop. We heard this house was up. We heard you call her sweetheart, we heard her call you hot. Just like we always told you, you lose your heart real soon. It was in that little bookshop my dream came true. <laughs> barbershop located at 1910 where Bert Williams gave us a little trim. Before that we were at Von Monroe's bookshop located at 1947. We're in town this afternoon to do a little shopping on Mercantile Avenue. Let's step into this five and ten cent store located at 1931 
which is being run by Waring's Pennsylvanians with Claire Hanlon and the three Waring girls. And get mom a new pincushion or something.
grave was dealing blue. The mortgage was long overdue, and he knew that the dear old farm would soon be sold. He saw the sheriff at the gate, and he knew that sheriff never wait. He looked out through the door, then lo and behold, the old cow said, ah, ah. We'll have lots of dough in a week or so, and we won't have to sell the farm. Then the old pig said, That they like so well in the big hotel, and we won't have to sell the farm. Well, get out the fiddle, hi diddle diddle, the old mule said so gay. I've thought it over, I'll eat the clover, and you can get some money for the hay, 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 says the rooster, said. <laughs> we'll see you through, cock-a-doodle-doo, and we won't have to sell the farm. Well, the old tomcat. <laughs> I can live, said he, just on toast and tea, so we won't have to sell the farm. Then the little dog said. <laughs> And we'll search the pans and tomato cans, so we won't have to sell the farm. Well, up jumped the rabbit. I don't know that one. Ah, got you that time, eh? <laughs> I'm not objecting, if you're suspecting that I'm worth my money in the frying pan. Then the sheriff said, as he shook his head, if things keep growing in the way that they're going in a week or so, the gub will have so much dough that you won't have to sell the farm. <laughs> Then the parrot says, That we won't have to sell the farm. Well, we went into the bank located at 1933 Mercantile Avenue with our mattress in order to make a deposit. And who should be in there but Ben, Bernie, and all the lads with whistling per pullin explaining to the loan officer that they won't have to sell the farm. Before that, we were in the Warrings, Pennsylvania's five and 10 cent store where we saw the million dollar baby. Is anybody hungry? Benny Goodman and his orchestra are selling pretzels out on the sidewalk. Who will buy my boblitschki?
Big Joe McCoy and his rhythm reminding us that money can't buy everything, and specifically it can't buy him personally. Big Joe and his rhythm were standing outside of 1945 Mercantile Avenue. You're listening to WSHDLP Eastport, 93.3 on your FM dial. This is Round the World with your host, Cracklin' Jane, and we're in town this afternoon to do a little shopping. I think we should pick up some flowers as long as we're in town. There's just a little flower shop around the corner run by the Harold Stern Biltmore Orchestra. We'll just step in there and then and then there's two violet vendors out in the street. The first is Lucrezia Bori and then Tommy Dorsey. So we'll hear one song two ways. Who will buy my violets? 
Okay, here is the little flower shop around the corner at 1933 Mercantile. Thank you. 
Killed by my violets. First we heard Lucretia Boris standing outside of 1927. Then the Tommy Dorsey Orchestra version down the street at 1937. We're in town to do some shopping and we're wandering around on Mercantile Avenue and, and plan to run some errands and buy a few things. Now we're just passing the tavern at 1938 Mercantile. Clayton McMitchin's Georgia Wildcats are in there singing Please don't sell my pappy no more rum. Please don't sell my pappy no more rum. Please don't sell my pappy no more rum. I'm afeard he'll come home drunk and set the house on fire. Please don't sell my pappy no more rum. We're standing outside the tavern at 1938 Mercantile Avenue, and Clayton McMitchin's Georgia Wildcats were just begging the bartender not to sell their pappy any more rum. We see the marriage counselors are right over here at 1953 Mercantile, and they have two pieces of advice. Eddie Hazelwood says not to wait too long to get married. He calls it last minute shopping. And here is Nat King Cole and his trio who say, don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. Don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. 
don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. They only see the things that are in view. A cover doesn't make a book a work of art. To know it's worth, you've got to read it through and through. You must realize that rule also applies to romance. When you seek a mate, that's true. Beware of love at sight. Take your time, make sure it's right. Don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. Don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. They only see the things that are in view. A cover doesn't make a book a work of art. To know is worth you got to read it through and through. You must realize that rule also applies to romance. When you seek a mate, that's true. Love at sight. Take your time. Make sure it's right. Don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. Don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. prime my mother said to me now son it is the early bird the late get none you see you gotta get yours while the getting's good when they're young and pretty too cause if you don't there's another guy who can love them same as you last minute shopping can wreck your life you can't wait too long Take a while, so please be careful, get there on time. Last minute shoppers must wait in
I didn't take my mom's advice, I didn't pay no mind. Just hung around like a garden gate, stalled and stalled for time. So here I am, just an old, old man with whiskers to my knees. I got nobody to call me honey, I got no gal to squeeze. Last minute shopping can wreck your life. You can't wait too long to take a wife. So please be careful, get there on time. Last minute shoppers must wait in line. That was Eddie Hazelwood reminding us that if we put our shopping off to the last minute in the marriage department, we might be left high and dry. Before that, Nat King Cole and the trio warned, don't let your eyes go shopping for your heart. Both those relationship advisors located at 1953 Mercantile Avenue. Now it's on to Gray's Pawn Shop at 1937 and 1939 Mercantile Avenue. There are two signs in the window, the one for Glenn Gray and the Casaloma Orchestra with Kenny Sargent says, would you like to buy a dream? And here is Gray Gordon and his TikTok Rhythm Orchestra with the four Gordon goons, whose sign says, Sell your cares for a song. to offer you free in me you see a fellow who can see what's worrying you so if your pockets are full of holes and if your shoes haven't heels or soles you will find you can get along sell your cares for a song if you haven't a thing to pawn and if the lady you love is gone you will find that you can't go wrong sell your cares for a song sing me merry life is very wonderful sing me merry a song is like an electric light that helps to brighten the darkest night you can do so come on a caruso and sell your cares for a song sing me merry life is very wonderful sing me merry a song is like an electric light that helps to brighten the darkest night troubles get you come on deliaccio sell your cares for a song Thank you. 
distracted by a dream I found that it can't come true You find that it made for you Would you like to buy a dream? Would you like to buy a dream? It tells of a perfect love The one I've been dreaming of Would you like to buy a dream? Dreams I'd rather have reality Love, tell me what good are dreams to me Take my dreams and set me free Although it is heavenly It just wasn't meant for me Would you like to buy a dream? We're standing outside Gray's Pawn Shop. That was Glenn Gray and the Castle Loma Orchestra with Kenny Sargent. Would you like to buy a dream? Before that, we heard Gray Gordon and his TikTok Rhythm Orchestra with the four Gordon goons. Sell your cares for a song. We're in town today to do some shopping and run some errands. So let's just climb these stairs here at 1928 Mercantile Avenue to visit two competing financial counselors. I think they want me to invest in a 529 because they both say bye-bye for baby. The first one is Ben Pollock and his Park Central Orchestra, and then Tom Frawley backed by Lou Gold and his orchestra. Here's Ben Pollock.
heard one song two ways, Bye Bye for Baby. That was Lou Gold and his orchestra with Tom Frawley. Before that, Ben Pollock and his Park Central Orchestra, both from 1928. Now, here's the moment we've been waiting for. Victor Herbert's Toymaker's Shop at 1912 Mercantile. Oh, <laughs> 
listening to WSHDLP Esport 93.3 on your FM dial. This is Round the World with Cracklin' Jane. Say, folks, let's call a meeting to discuss a way of beating that certain something that we call a blue. Now I'll be the chairman pro tem. Let's face the facts and show them that if we attend a business month, we can't lose. No, sir. Now let's form some corporations with a million combinations of mothers, brothers, husbands, sweethearts, and wives. And we'll start these institutions with a million resolutions to spread upon the minutes of our lives. Say, if you want to cheer up the red, white, and blue, come on, buy American. That's all you've got to do. By your old Uncle Sam, he'll be so grateful to you. Buy American, that's all you've got to do. Come on, buy your wife's dresses, your baby's shoeses. Made right over here and cure your country's blueses. And if you want those good times, those dreams to come true, buy American, that's all you've got to do. shopping today and that was Ted Lewis reminding us to buy American as a cure for the Great Depression in 1933. Now let's drop off Dad's trusty railroad watch at the Victor Orchestra clock store located at 1913 Mercantile. Maybe they can get it ticking again.
Every once in a while I go by there Oh, the fond recollections that lie there In that old curiosity shop 
There's a quaint cedar chest in that shop Where an old wedding gown still reposes And a vase that was once filled with roses In that old curiosity shop There's the clock that once stood on our mantel There's the organ we once used to play As we'd both harmonize at the end of a perfect day So in fond meditation I stop Every treasure inside tells a tale there All the dreams that we lost are for sale there In that old curiosity shop was an old curiosity shop run by Jack Leonard, backed by Tommy Dorsey and his orchestra at 1938 Mercantile. Right across the street at 1939 Mercantile is the Chamber of Commerce, where Raymond Scott and his new orchestra are conducting a seminar they call The Businessmen's Bounce. Thank <laughs> you. 
I hear your new releases I'm in the market for some brand new pieces Let me read your record list There may be something I don't want to miss Duke, Ellington, Count Basie and the Dorses Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, they're the voices King Cole and Johnny Mercer just won't stop Jumping at the record shop Artie Shaw, Coleman, Hawkins, and Harry James. Lena Horn, Dinah Shaw, a few of the names. Carmen Mondando and Xavier Cougat jumping at the record shop. Jack Benny and Bob Hope tell the jokes. Bob Wills and Speed Cooley play the folks. Sammy Key, Gene Cooper, and Johnny Long, Slim the guy wrote this song, Pied Piper Calloway, Anita O'Day, Keith Smith, Perry Como, just won't wait, Eddie Cantor, Francis Langford, Jimmy Lunsford too, Harry James, Jimmy Bussey, Ben Boozy, Betty Hutt, Kay Kaiser, all have fame, don't feel slighted if we miss your name, Al Jarvis and Martin Block, just won't stop jumping at the record shop. Neither O'Dea, Keith Smith and Perry Como just won't wait. Eddie Canner, Francis Langford, Jimmy Lunsford too. Henry Busser, Guy Lombard, they know just what to do. Betty Hutton, Kay Kaiser, all have fame. Don't feel slighted if we miss your name. Al Jarvis, Martin Block, just won't stop. Jumping at the record shop. We only had three minutes and we're not to blame because we jumped at the record shop. We were just jumping at the record shop with Slim Gaylord, where we picked up some new 78 RPM records for our collection. Now, before we head home, let's stop at the grocery and pick up some delicious Goosemock Norwegian potato balls. They come in three handy sizes, manly, ladylike, and pull it. Choose from three tummy teasing flavors. Hearty plain, savory mystery meat, and invasive green crab. That's goosemark Norwegian potato balls. Here we are at Madame Bolduc's French Canadian Corner Grocery located at 1933 Mercantile. 
La Grosserie de Coin. Il y a des grosseries qui vendent meilleur marché qu'ailleurs, mais il faut toujours d'argent pour les payer sans content. D'un courant de l'hiver, si notre mari est à rien faire, soyez assurés qu'il ne voudra pas nous avancer. Ceux qui coupent les prix ne veulent pas vendre un crédit, faut regarder la baiser. Il y a des fois qu'on se fait jouer pour tâcher de nous distraire. Ils nous content une petite histoire quand ils voient qu'on est gâte pas. C'est dans ça qu'on se fait jouer ça. C'est là qu'on peut embêter sur les tomates et les petits pois. Ça donne le brûlement de ce mort sur le bled les spaghetti. On vient que tout englouti, on aime payer puis cher. Bien oui, quelque chose qu'on digère. Mes amis, je vous en prie, si vous achetez à crédit, si on vous demande l'argent, montrez-vous pas indifférent. On paye un peu plus cher, mais ça fait de vieux l'affaire. Quand on jette le beau marché, on risque de s'empoisonner. Cowboy ain't no dandy when it comes to wearing clothes. But when he goes to the city, he goes as the other folk goes. But there's just two things he's wearing from which he never scoots. He'll stick to his old sombrero. He'll stick to his high heel boots. A strangling collar What's hitched to a stiff boiled shirt He'll discard his shafts and gauntlets And wash off the prairie dirt But he'll hang to his two possessions Though folks turn up their snoots He'll stick to his old sombrero He'll stick to his high heel boots He'll peel off his old bandana And his overalls too he'll drop He'll wear store duds and a necktie And a 
his old blue shirt he'll swap But for just two parts of his outfit He never has substitutes He'll stick to his old sombrero He'll stick to his high heel boots Oh, he'll part his hair in the middle With perfume adorn his pelt He'll put on some real suspenders Instead of a cartridge belt Now he'll lay off the gun he's a-wearing In spite of the jeers and the hoots He'll stick to his old sombrero And he'll stick to his high-heel boots No, oh, yes, he's a queerish mixture When in from the range he strays Puts on the townman's toggins And copies the townman's ways But when do the town he is coming To mix with the dude recruits He'll stick to his old sombrero And he'll stick to his high-heeled boots well, I see we're not the only ones to find our way into town from the hinterlands. That was Bill Bender, the happy cowboy, and his trademark sombrero and cowboy boots. Well, it feels good to be heading home. We just embarked on the mother of all shopping trips. We went up and down and all around Mercantile Avenue and visited the bookstore, the barber shop, the florist, the pawn shop, the secondhand store, the toy store, the record shop, and the clock store. We walked by the tavern and stopped in at the bank and at the financial advisors. Finally, we picked up some delicious goose-mocked Norwegian potato balls at the grocery for supper. And now, it's time for Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell and first broadcast in 1950. Today, he will solve the Lewis Spence case. So let's listen. As Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Mr. Diamond, the reason you're here is because I want someone to talk to the mayor. I don't know whether it was explained to you or not, but unless his honor is done away with himself by noon, a lot of people are going to get hurt. Including yourself. Oh, that doesn't really matter. You see, in making my escape, a guard attempted to stop me. I had to kill him. Here's another exciting half hour with Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Diamond Detective Agency, there's no corpse like an old corpse. Oh, Awful. Yeah, but what am I going to do? I can't be witty and handsome at the same time. Well, don't be greedy. Just concentrate on one of them. Oh, you're pretty nothing today. Why don't you come on over and we'll both try and improve? Shame on you. You know I've got to work. Oh, have you got a client? Well, not yet, but I've set bear traps all the way down the hall. Well, now that's 
be sure you'll catch a client. Well, I can't be, but, oh, I get so lonesome up here with no one to talk to. It's fun setting broken legs. <laughs> You're impossible. Diamond! Oh, my gosh. What's wrong, Rick? Those traps. I think I've caught something terrible. Hmm? Diamond, I gotta talk to you. Who is it, Rick? Sergeant Otis. Says he's got to talk to me, but I'll be darned if I'll teach him how. Oh, say hello for me. Uh, Helen says hello, Otis. Tell her hello, then get off the phone. This is serious. Hey, what's with you? Somebody steal your catnip? Can't you stop being funny, Shamus? I mean it. This is serious. Helen, I'll call you back. Why, something wrong? Well, Otis looks worried, and he's making sense for the first time in 11 years. Oh, well, call me later and tell me about it. Bye. Bye. Now, Sergeant, what's on your pretty I want you to come down to the station with me in a hurry. Of course, you'll think this is a silly question, but why? You remember Louis Spence? Louis Spence? About four years ago, caught him running around sticking dynamite under the homes of some of our city officials. Oh, yeah, yeah. Socialistic nut. Put him away, didn't they? Yeah, crazy as they come. Well, he's out. What do you mean, he's out? If they cured his head, he'd still face a lot of years up the river. Oh, he ain't cured. Not a bit he ain't cured. You mean he busted out? Yesterday. Now, do me a favor and come on down to the station. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute and take it easy. What's going down to the station got to do with Lewis Spence? He's down there with the lieutenant. Well, great. Put them both in fancy jackets and send them home. We can't. He walked in 20 minutes ago and asked to see the lieutenant. I didn't recognize him, so I let him in. Now we can't get him out. Well, why the devil can't you? He won't let us in, and he won't let the lieutenant out. He's sitting there holding a big bomb, and it's ready to go off. It looks like a convention. Everyone's trying to think of something to well, do. Why is Spence doing this? What's he going to do? Just sit in there? You'll really get a boot out of this, Shamus. If the mayor don't jump off the top of the city hall by noon, Spence blows up the whole 5th precinct. What? That's right. Hey, Otis, get Diamond in there. It's 11 o'clock. Hello, Charlie. Hello, Rick. What do you mean, get me in there? Didn't you tell him, Otis? No, I ain't had time. Well, come on, come on. Why me? What do you want me in there for? Spence wants someone Levinson can give direction to. He says no cop. Levinson buzzed out and told us to get hold of you. Okay. Uh, wait a minute. Talk to the lieutenant on the intercom. Spence won't know who's walking through the door and maybe blow the whole joint up. Otis, you amaze me. Oh, I ain't so smart I was Spence's idea. Come on. Here. Go ahead. Walk. Rick? Yeah. Wait a minute. Diamond's outside now. Okay? Tell him to come in. But just him. Anyone else? Okay, I'm... okay. Rick, come on in. But no one else. All right. Order, stick right here. I may want to talk to you. Sure. Uh, uh, diamond. Yeah? Uh, nothing. You're so right. Hello, Rick. Walt? This is Mr. Lou Spence, Rick. Mm hmm. How are you, Mr. Diamond? What's the matter, Spence? You want an early 4th of July? Rick. You think I'm kidding, Mr. Diamond? You think I'm not serious about this thing? Is that the bomb? Right here in my lap. He's got it rigged so it goes off the minute he relaxes his hand. You see, I thought maybe the police would want to take it away from me. If you shoot me, try to knock me out, well, it goes off. Then you won't mind if I take a look, huh? Rick, please. Stay right where you are. And I'll stay over here. Uh, well, just, uh, just as you say, Mr. Spence. Mr. Diamond, the reason you're here is because I want someone to talk to the mayor. I don't know whether it was explained to you or not, but unless his honor has done away with himself by noon, a lot of people are going to get hurt. Uh, including yourself. Oh, that doesn't really matter. You see, in making my escape, a guard attempted to stop me. 
I had to kill him. He split his head open with a crowbar. That's right. Oh, uh, mind if I sit down? Not at all. But it's four minutes after 11. I hope you don't plan on staying too long. Cigarette? No, thank you. Uh, you look like a pretty reasonable guy, Spence. Well, I... thank you. It's too bad Lieutenant Levinson didn't think so when they arrested me. Now I'm going to have to show him I'm not as insane as he thought I was. Oh, well, you'll have to excuse that, Spence. Walt thinks everybody's a little, well, you know, even me. That's very interesting. Oh, and with good reason. Ever take a look at his sergeant? Mr. Diamond, when the lieutenant arrested me, I was putting an explosive under the mayor's house. He stopped me in my first attempt to rid the community of a political Judas. But now, as you see, I have a second chance. You really think the mayor's going to jump off the city hall? He better. And by 12 o'clock. By the way, you have 55 minutes. Now, uh, look, Spence, Forget I... it, Mr. Diamond. I know just what you're thinking. How to get me without the bomb going off. You'll never make it. It's too well thought out. I've planned this for four years. In case you're wondering how much dynamite he's got, Rick, Oh, I... Mr. Diamond needs convincing. Well, under this overcoat, Mr. Diamond, are some 100 sticks. Uh, uh, does the mayor know about it yet? Yeah. Oh, you want me to talk to him, huh? I don't care whether you talk to him or not. I just want you to be there when he jumps. Swell. And just because you come back and tell me he's jumped, that isn't enough. I want his body in this room. Uh, Walt, I, uh, I don't know what to say. Don't say anything, Rick. Just get out of here. I'm sorry I dragged you over, but I needed time. You still do. It's 54 minutes to 12. Clear the building, Rick. Yes, do that, Mr. Diamond. I think the lieutenant is going to make a hero of himself. Uh, look, Spence, I've, uh... I've got till 12 o'clock, haven't I? Unless someone tries to get me. Oh, well, good. Well, then uh, uh, sit tight, Walt, and give me till 12. Okay, Rick. I hope you spend the time wisely. I'm sure you'd rather see the mayor die than your best friend. Oh, Spence, if you forget about this, they'll probably just put you Goodbye, back... Goodbye, at... Mr. Diamond. 53 minutes. Okay. Walt? Go ahead, Rick. Like you said, 53 minutes. Goodbye, Mr. Diamond. Come back soon. Otis. Yeah? What's going to happen? Clear the building. Well, what about it, Rick? Lieutenant wants the building cleared. Okay. Come on, you guys. Levinson says clear the building, so we'll clear the building. Good luck, Rick. Thanks, Charlie. Okay, what do we do? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? It's ten minutes after eleven. In another fifty minutes, this whole building is going to get blown higher than a kite. Okay, do something. Huh? Well, go ahead. Well, I... Uh, you see, Otis, you're in just as tough a spot as I am. Yeah, but you're smarter than I am. You can usually come up with something. Well, usually my problems are a puzzle, Otis. Spencer's a problem and a puzzle. I don't know about guys like him. Well, for Pete's sake, who does? Well, that's an idea. Huh? Stay here and keep close to the intercom. Don't let the lieutenant get any crazy ideas. Uh, hey, wait a minute. Where are you going? You're acting screwy. Well, Otis, I'm going to go see someone who takes care of people who act screwy sometimes. Well, that's the story, George. You're a psychiatrist. What do I do now? Well, he solved your problem with that little blonde dancer in Flatbush. Maybe we can do something about this. Mm. Of course, she didn't have a hundred sticks of dynamite. Oh, she didn't, huh? What do you think I talked about for six weeks on that couch over there? <laughs> Look, George, this isn't anything like that. This is a real mess. Now, Rick, take it easy. 
It's only a mess because you're used to working with something that has a pattern. Maybe not at first, but you know there's one there and you set out and find it. But with Spence, you feel there's no pattern. Oh, there's a pattern, George. Just wait for 38 minutes, then duck. There's no possible way to get the bomb away from him without it going off? Not the way he tells it. He only has to relax his hand. Mm, that's the way he tells it. Well, I'm not going to take the chance and call him a liar. If I only knew for sure just how that bomb worked, I could reason with him. Well, before you can reason with him, you've got to know something about him. And what do you know about Lewis Spence? Arrested a couple of years ago for planting dynamite under the homes of some of our more prominent city officials. Found insane, sent to the state asylum, killed a guard, broke out, turned himself into a human bomb and took a seat in the 5th Precinct Police Station. That's all? Well, isn't that enough? Well, I'll tell you what, Rick. I know Dr. Carroll at the state asylum. Suppose we give him a call and see what we can find out. You think it'll help? I don't know. It might. Operator, this is an emergency. This is Dr. George Thacker, and I want to speak to Dr. Robert Carroll at the State Asylum immediately. What was the name again? Dr. Robert Carroll. One moment, please. It'll be a minute, Rick. What time is it? Oh, 25 after. You got another phone here, George? Yes, I've got several lines in the other office. Good, I'll make a call. Let me know when you get Dr. Carroll on the line. Operator, would you please hurry? I hate the use of the expression, but this is a matter of life and death. You're on my line, Rick. Use the other phone. Otis? Yeah. Where the devil are you? It's almost 11.30. You talked to the lieutenant since I left? Yeah, once. He wanted me to get out of the building. Now, you just stay put until I get there. I don't want Walt to try anything stupid. Yeah, well, I want to know what you're doing. I'm trying to get an idea, Otis. Just one little idea. Trying to get an idea? I suppose you've been spending the last 20 minutes sitting in Central Park waiting for one to come to you. Rick, come in here and pick up the other phone. I've got Dr. Carroll on the line. Bye, Otis. I've explained the situation to him. I won't interrupt unless I think it's necessary. Fine. Uh, uh, hello, Dr. Carroll. Mr. Diamond? Uh, that's right. Now, uh, Doctor, I, I really don't know what good this is going to do, but tell me everything you know about Lewis Spence and as fast as possible. Well, first of all, he's an aggressive paranoic with homicidal tendencies. Mm -hmm. He feels persecuted by society, or uh, rather by those who help to govern society. Why does he feel this way? He believes in a great many things, all of which he thinks himself capable of achieving. Our paranoiacs are frustrated to a point where they perhaps imagine themselves as capable artists or uh, great scholars, such as in the case of Louis Spence, uh, society being his judoscope. Pardon me for interrupting, Bob, but don't you think Spence is capable of doing this sort of thing? Oh, absolutely, George. You see, he's doing this whole thing purely because he enjoys the agony of it, but he's nonetheless ashamed. But uh, what about the mayor jumping off the city hall, Doctor? Just to be ridiculous for the moment, what if his honor did jump? Would Spence then give up the bomb? I doubt it. If the mayor jumped, it would give Spence a certain amount of satisfaction. But I still think he'd set the bomb off as a climax to his own cleverness and persecution. Pardon again, Bob. Any usual therapy that you used on Spence? Mm, yes, as a matter of fact. Uh, Spence, as I've said, imagined himself a great talent... And uh, he seemed to lean particularly toward the more artistic accomplishments, such as painting and music. Uh, in his quieter moments, we saw that he had a radio. How does this music affect him, Bob? He allows it to lull him into a sense of security. Sometimes he even believes he's written it. Uh, you see, Mr. Diamond, he believes that his environment is against him, that it is trying to debase and degrade and persecute him. 
He fights off any acts of moral turpitude by becoming the thing he imagines. Oh, I hate to break it up, boys, but it's 25 minutes to 12. I've got to leave. Thank you, Doctor. I hope I've been some help. Well, you've given me an idea anyway. Goodbye. Miss. Just a minute, just one minute. I'll be right with you. Oh, look, I'm in a hurry. So you're in a hurry. So's everybody else. You'll have to wait until I'm through with this gentleman. Sweetheart. Now look. You look. Oh, a badge. Yeah, now this is police business. Got to be in a hurry. Is that clock right? Yeah, it's a quarter to 12. 16 minutes to. All right, 16 minutes. You want to split hairs? No, I want a portable phonograph and quick. Okay, okay. Here's one right here on the counter. Three speeds interchanging. I'll take it. Okay, I'll go back to the storeroom and get you a new one. Uh, forget it. I'll take this one. Look, mister, we got a policy here. I can't say you're nothing off the counter. Supposing it don't work when you get it home. You'll hear about it. You see? That's just what I mean. But does it play now? Certainly, like everything. Listen. Oh, boy, that's Pete Rugolo's new arrangement. He's crazy. Okay, okay. Hmm. Don't dig it, huh? Give me a record by uh, Debussy or Ravel. Oh, no wonder. Well, let's see. We, uh, we got the engulfed cathedral by Debussy. No, no. Something with a little more excitement. Oh, I... All right, all right. I'll read them off. Debussy or Ravel? Ravel. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Waltz, I guess. We got Bolero. I'll take it. Which one? The Bolero. Okay. I'll have to play it for you. I've heard it. So what? It's another policy of the store. There might be an imperfection Give me on... the record. Hey, don't get so grabby. Now, look, dear... You want me to have you locked up for obstructing justice? Huh? Well, unless you give me that record and this machine, this one right here, I'm going to snap the cuffs on you and haul you down to headquarters. Oh. You want me to do that? Well, you can't. All right. What's your name? Well, take the machine and the record. Thanks. And charge it to Lieutenant Walter Levinson, 5th Precinct, Homicide Division. If it works, you get paid. If it doesn't, don't even bother sending over a repairman. Oh, my gosh. Do you know what time it is? What, exactly? Exactly six minutes, too. What the devil you got there? A phonograph. A phonograph? You talked to Walt since I left? No. Now, what's the idea with a phonograph? Hunch, Otis. Maybe we can save this whole mess. Well, for Pete's sake, can I help? Sure you can, Otis. Now, take this machine in the other room Mm -hmm. and play this record. You know how it works? Well, I can find out. You got less than five minutes to find out, so make it good. I don't want to hear anything until you're ready to let it play all the way through. Okay. Uh, uh, Diamond. Yeah, yeah. Go on, go on. Whatever you're going to do, if if I louse it up, I louse up everything, huh? You won't louse it up, Otis. Oh, I'm so stupid. But I'll try. Otis. Yeah? You don't have to wind it. Just plug it in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard about them kind. All right, then. Get going. Okay. Yeah? Walt, it's Diamond. What's up? Yeah, Lieutenant. Oh, I'm getting sick of this. Walt. Yeah? Relax. I want to come in. How about it, Spence? By all means, have Mr. Diamond come in. All right, Rick. You have some news for me, Mr. Diamond? Well, in a way, yes, sir. Mind if I sit down? Not at all. Uh, How do you feel, Walt? Uh, Dandy. I'm afraid the lieutenant is growing uncomfortable. 
It is getting late, isn't it, Lieutenant? Rick, I want you out of this building. This crackpot is... What? Oh, wait a minute now. What did you wait call a minute. me? Now, look, I've taken what enough... What does it make now at 12 o'clock? Well, well, sure it does. Why? Because the mayor may jump. What? Yes, he's locked himself in his office. They can't get him out. He just may jump. Oh, really, Mr. Diamond? Well, what's the matter? I know the mayor won't jump no matter how many people die when I release this trigger. I just want him to have to face it the rest of his life. I want everyone like me that his kind won't let fulfill their potential talents to realize what a Judas he really is. What all men like him really are. Well, you know, that makes sense. Don't try to get on the good side of me, Mr. Diamond. I know what you think about me. I know what you all think. It doesn't make good sense to you or anyone else. How could it? You don't understand those of us who have a truly great talent. Well, I'll buy that. I don't understand it. Of course not. Well, maybe he doesn't, Spence, but how do you know? Maybe I do. Stop playing, Mr. Diamond. Look at the time. Five minutes. Five minutes and I become a martyr. We'll all get blown to kingdom come. Rick, get out of here. All right, Spence, I, I, I'm going to prove you're wrong. Rick, for the love Shut of... Shut up, Walt. All right, go ahead, Mr. Diamond. What are you going to prove? I'm going to prove that I know more about you than you think. Of course you know a lot about me. Criminals have records. Oh, I don't mean that. I mean more about yourself. What you think, your, your talents. What do I think, Mr. Diamond? You fool. How could you know what I think? Because a talent like yours is easy to spot. Four minutes, Mr. Diamond. No, it's not hard to tell about people like you. People like me? What about people like me? Well, I, uh, Spence, I meant that, well, there, there are not many of them there. They're few and far between. They're, they're gifted. What? Certainly. There's something you have that very few are lucky enough to be gifted with. Rick, please. Nearly 12, Mr. Diamond. I can tell that you are an artist, Spence. An artist? Yes, and a very good one. How do you know this? Very few people spot it. Do they, Spence? Very few. You surprise me, Mr. Diamond. He surprises me, too. Walt, keep quiet. Yes, Walt, keep quiet. It's two minutes to twelve, Mr. Diamond. You can leave because maybe you have been honest with me. Perhaps you do recognize something that... Uh, 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 What's the matter, Spence? Music. Music? I don't hear anything. Music. Beautiful music. Well, I don't hear a thing, Spence. Do you, Walt? No. Oh, you, you must hear it. It's beautiful. Don't you hear that wonderful rhythm? Now, you see, Spence, we're not as lucky as you are. No, no, no one is. This is my music. This is what I would write if it wasn't for the people who won't let me. What does the music sound like? Oh, poet's words. The power and strength of death. It makes you imagine things, doesn't it? Yes, yes, oh, yes. You hear the music and you become powerful. Like making that bomb. Not just anybody could think of that. It takes genius. You understand. You do understand. Well, of course I do, but I am still amazed. There you sit with the power of life and death in your hands and no one can do a thing. It must be wonderful. It is. Like the music, it's wonderful. In seconds, we'll all be torn from our earthly bonds, taken away from this... Dirty, filthy world to a place of clean, wonderful things like that music. Oh, but you, you're an artist. How could you ever take a thing like that bomb and put it together? A thing like this bomb? Oh, this is a masterpiece. Just looks like a small box to me. Oh, it took me weeks. Just a small box? 
Oh, no. You see, if my finger relaxes... Yeah, I know about that. But this took genius. It's not just relaxing my finger. It's how I put it together so as to get the required result. It's like the hammer action on a gun, but it's reversed. Well, I'll be darned. You mean when you release your finger, that makes the hammer fall? I can see you appreciate things of genius. I wish you could hear the music too, Mr. Diamond. You'd really appreciate that. It's so wonderful. Well, tell me more about the bomb. When you release your finger and the hammer falls, what does it hit? Well, that's a simple part. I'm surprised at you. I just wanted to hear you tell me. After all, you invented it. Yes. It strikes a cap. It's that simple. Simplicity can be beautiful. Don't you agree? Uh, Absolutely. Listen to that music. It builds and builds. Tell me, Spence, what would happen if something got in the way of the hammer? I mean, between the hammer and the cap. Nothing can. There's nothing big enough in the box that the hammer wouldn't tear right through. Simplicity, Mr. Diamond. I'd sure like to take a look at it. Of course. There's nothing you can do. So by all means, look. Well, you've got glass over the end of the box. That's right. See my finger on the trigger? If I release it, that hammer falls and strikes that cap. Why the glass? So I could look in when I set it and see that everything was all right. Oh, that's very clever. That music is getting so big, I... I can't think. What time is it? Plenty of time, Spence. Yes, yes. When the music finishes. It's nearly done now. Uh, What? I thought you said you couldn't hear it. It's a phonograph from the other room, Spence. What? Tell me, Spence, what happens if I jam my hand through that glass between the hammer and the cap? What? What? That music! That music! Got him off, got him! I got him! Let him go! Let him go! Do not understand, you cheated! You did lie, you did lie! Let him go, let him go! Well, that does it. Otis, take him away. With pleasure. And you, Rick. Yeah? How'd you know that music at work? How'd you know you could stop that hammer? How'd you know you wouldn't... wouldn't... Oh. Did you hurt your hand? Well, of all the... Well, did you? No. Well, all right. You just bet it is. Goodbye. doing here? Well, now, that's nice. Stop by my place some afternoon and see what kind of a welcome you get. Oh, I didn't mean that. I meant, what are you doing here so early? Well, things were getting boring. I thought I might come over and beat you up or something. Oh, now, isn't that sweet? Oh, Rick, what in the world have you... Hmm? Oh, oh, the hand? Oh, it's nothing. I know, Red Heart, but what did you do to it? Well, I, uh, I kind of hurt it. Yes, I can see that, but how? Playing the piano. Oh, how could you hurt your hand playing the piano? Well, you know how I live my songs. Mm-hmm. Well, truthfully, I was, uh, I was singing The Brother of the Wild Goose. And I got to that part about a wandering foot or a heart at rest. And while I was trying to make up my mind, my heart was resting, but my foot wandered up on the keyboard and stepped and on stepped my hand. And stepped on your yeah, hand. that's exactly what happened, yeah. Well, I think you've got that bandage on just so you won't have to sing anything. Honey, have you ever seen me not want to sing? Well, sometimes it's a struggle. I don't even know whether I can play or not. Well, why don't you find out? After lunch. Before lunch. Before lunch. Well, maybe I don't need that finger. (laughs) Go on. Love is a flower that blooms so tender. Each kiss a dewdrop 
of sweet surrender. Love is a moment of life enchanting. Let's take that moment that tonight is granting. There's no tomorrow when love is new. Now is forever when love is true. So kiss me and hold me tight. There's no tomorrow. There's just tonight. You like that? Oh, so pretty. Oh, thank you. Oh, that reminds me. We're having spaghetti for lunch. Oh, good. Kiss me and hold me tight. There's no tomorrow. There's just Now, tell me, how did you hurt your hand? Simple, simple. I was grabbing. Grabbing? Mm-hmm. Like this. Come here. Oh, Rick. Oh, of all times. Hello? Hello? Walt? Yeah, I just thought I'd call and... Oh, you did, did you? Well, you sure picked a nifty time to do it. Oh, did I bust up something? Yes, you did bust up something. Well, you don't have to get sore. Well, who's sore? I am. That's the last time I'll let you do me any favor. Okay, okay. If that's the way you feel about it, goodbye. Goodbye. Well, what in the world was all that about? Oh, well, honey, you see, it's like this. Walt got in some trouble, and I... Well, I helped him out of it. Well, you see, I don't want him to feel obligated. But, well, that's not actually it. He he doesn't want me to know how he really feels. I... It... Oh, what am I trying to explain it for? I don't understand it myself. You have just heard Richard Diamond, Private Detective, starring Dick Powell. Ed Begley played Lieutenant Walt Levinson. Also in the cast were Wilms Herbert, Francis Robinson, Stanley Waxman, Cynthia Corley, and Paul Dubov. Music was under the direction of Frank Worth. Today's show was written by Blake Edwards and directed by Russell Hughes. This is Eddie King inviting you to be with us this same time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. concludes today's show. On behalf of around the world staff of researchers, recording engineers, interns, and Victrola technicians, this is Cracklin' Jane. Thank you and see you next week. <laughs>